This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. She is absolutely correct. Everything she said is correct right here at Employment Law Show. Welcome to it on CKNW. It is early on, only five minutes after four, which means you have oodles of time to call in and ask your questions. Send an email along. We'd love that correspondence as well. It's uh, simple. 604-280-9898 is the number to call in live to the station here. 604-280-9898. It is help at Employment Lawyer. .ca, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country when it comes to employment law. I am not pulling that out of a hat. That is a statistic. You could bank on it and follow up and research that as well. So have a look. There's a reason why because uh, it's a firm full of cool cats just like this guy. Hey, Lior, how you doing, pal? <laughs> cool. I'm a cool cat. What can I say? No, yeah, I'm pretty much. Glad to be. Yeah, you know, that's what the kids say. Uh, that's it. Glad to be back here. Always a pleasure. You know, happy new year to, to everyone. Uh, you know, 2020 is done. It's in the past. It's history. Now we have to tackle this new year on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting year for all of us. But employment laws are, are here. Employment laws are not starting fresh. They've been here all along. They're still protecting you. And we want to talk about your rights, your uh, situation, your workplace issues. Now's the time. Now's the place. We're here to answer your questions. You know, maybe the year didn't start off the way you wanted to. Maybe you're still waiting to be called back to work right? and you don't know what your rights are. Maybe you just found out that you're not being called back to work or you lost your job or your, your job has changed. If any of those things apply to you or really anything else, give us a call. Let's talk about that and I can help you. I can give you some information. I can answer questions and hopefully have you leave this conversation with a plan of action. So please take advantage or option B, of course, if you don't want to do that, you want to just have a private chat with me, with someone on my team, not a problem. You can reach out. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show so that you can connect with me, phone, email, what have you. But, John, I think we will stick with tradition, even though it's 2021. <laughs> and I'll start off with the week that was. Uh, while we're waiting for our calls, a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. Uh, I spoke right at the beginning of the week uh, with someone who had been laid off, uh, and of course, because of COVID, back in October. But they were told that they can expect to go back to work on Monday, on January the 4th. Uh, and they were looking forward to that. And, well, wouldn't you know it, uh, they got a, a, an email from the employer the night before saying, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to have you back to work. Uh, business is not picked up yet. So uh, hang in there. We'll let you know when we can call you back. Uh, so uh, instead of going back to work on January 4th, that person spoke to me. And he wanted to know, well, what are my rights now? I've been off since October. Do I have to continue waiting? How long can they keep me on ice? Uh, you know, what do I do here? So here's the thing. Uh, the person had a right right then and there to treat their employment as being terminated. In fact, he could have done that back in October. Hopefully our regular listeners by now know this, that an employer does not have an automatic right to temporarily lay someone off. That doesn't matter if it's because of COVID-19 or for any other reason. So when he was laid off back in October, he could have chosen to treat that as a termination. Now, he wanted to wait and see what happens. He hasn't been called back to work. So his options are to sit at home and see how long his employer wants to keep him on ice 
or he can treat that as a termination right now and get his severance. He's been there for five years. I assessed him as being owed between seven to eight months of severance, eight, seven right. to eight months of pay. So that's what's at stake for him. So that's what he's going to do now. He, he can't afford to continue being off work. So for everyone else there, whether you've been laid off now uh, or are, have been on a layoff and you want to know what your rights are, that is what your right is. You can treat this layoff as a termination if you want and get severance. That could be as much as two years' pay, depending on how long you've worked there. So if you are you are in that situation, if enough is enough, if you want to get your severance, that's the time to give me a call. And that number, by the way, anytime, 604-283-3123. By the way, the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, this is an absolute beauty. It's free. It's anonymous. All kinds of employment law information there. And uh, wrapped up into it is the severance pay calculator, which I'm sure you're familiar with as well. But here and now, 604-280-9898, the number to call in this afternoon to the station. What else? Uh, what else you got going on, brother? Well, John, I uh, I spoke with uh, another gentleman uh, uh, mid midweek. He had uh, gotten a note from his doctor saying that because of health issues that he has, he now has to work from home. Uh, you know, given the health issues and the risk with the uh, with the virus with with COVID, his doctor felt that he needs to work from home. That going into work for him is not a good idea at all. So he provided this, his note to his employer, and he thought that it's not going to be an issue. He has the type of job that he can easily do from home. As long as he has a computer and a phone, he's good to go. But his employer surprised him, and his employer said, well, no, we're not going to let you do that because it's going to be unfair to everyone else. Everyone else has to come in, and if we say, well, you know, Bob can work from home, well, everyone else is going to be upset. Everyone else is going to want to work from home as well, and we can't have that. So your only option is you can take an unpaid leave of absence, and right. when you're able to come back to work, come back to work. Uh, so that's when he called me, and he wanted to, to, to know what his rights were because, of course, he wanted to continue working. He wanted to earn his income. So, John, his employer cannot use the old, well, it's unfair for everyone else line. That doesn't matter. His employer had to accommodate him. Once he had that doctor's note saying he needs that accommodation, his employer had to provide that accommodation because it was possible. He was able to do the job from home. That's not a problem. His employer didn't have to make big changes, so his employer had to allow him. And the fact that other people may not be happy, it is what it is. So this is not only uh, a failure to accommodate, which is a human rights violation, it can also be considered a, a constructive dismissal. It's a termination by not allowing him to continue working. It's illegal. So we decided that the best course of action here is I'm going to write to this employer. I'm going to remind them very nicely about their obligations, and hopefully this employer will do the right thing, which is to allow this person to work from home. So remember, I've said this before on the show, doctor's note. It's what you need if you need accommodation, whether it's working from home, or modified duties, modified hours, what have you. If you have that doctor's note, you're protected and your employer can't just decide they don't want to do it. If they do that, that's illegal, John. Again, that number is 604-283-3123. That's to get a hold of Lior, a member of his uh, very capable team here in uh, in BC and Vancouver. You want to use that number. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Things you should never do without calling Lior first. 
there's a bunch of these, and people say, ah, you know what, I got a buddy, uh, my friend Steve, you know, he got fired once, and he managed to get through okay, or, you know, my my dad is a, um, a you know, an insurance lawyer or a corporate lawyer, I'll just ask him about certain things, but no, there, this is this is the one area of law where people need to, A, call you because they're not going to have the information, and B, it could be extremely financially detrimental if they don't make that call, Correct. Well, the problem is a lot of individuals make assumptions about their rights or make assumptions about where they can get information about their rights. Uh, and, and in doing that, they invariably make mistakes. They compromise their rights. They, they don't realize certain rights they have where they give up others or they say or do things that then make it difficult to enforce their rights. So we want to talk about those situations where, no, don't make these mistakes. Don't do these things, at least not without speaking to me first. You have to get your legal informations, uh, information from trusted sources. You can't just Google this thing. You can't just ask your cousin Joe who used to work in HR. None of that works. So please pay attention to some of those things we talk about. If you find yourself in that situation, at least now, you'll know what to do. Here's one right here. Contract, uh, contact the Ministry of Labor or Employment Standards Branch for advice. Oh, boy. Oh boy. So this is this is a touchy one, and a lot of people get confused uh, about this. Uh, you know, I'm saying, wait a second. If I have an employment law issue, I shouldn't contact the Employment Standards Branch right here in BC. Why wouldn't I do that? Well, here's why. At least not without understanding what you're contacting uh, the Employment Standards Branch about. You cannot contact the Employment Standards Branch about losing your job, and there's a couple of reasons. Number one is they cannot advise you but your full entitlements. The Employment Standards Branch can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements. And if you don't understand that, if you ask them, what do I get after three years of work? They'll tell you three weeks. That's all you get. That's wrong. You could be owed six months, eight months, even 12 months in some situations. So that's why if you get that advice, you don't realize, okay, well, I'll accept three weeks. That's what I'll, all I'm owed. But it gets worse. You may even, if you decide to go and file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor or the Employment Standards Branch, you may compromise your ability to pursue your full entitlements. So when it comes to losing your job, please don't do that. At least let's have a chat first. I am giving you my blessing to go there to the, to the Employment Standards Branch if you have an overtime issue or a vacation pay issue. Uh, maybe you, th- you think that your employer is not calculating your, your hours properly, etc. That's fine. But if you've lost your job, if you've been laid off, if you're being worried about losing your job, maybe you think you've been constructively dismissed. For that, you cannot go to the Ministry of Labor. Call me. Let's have a chat. If you don't like me, that's okay. Call another employment lawyer. But what you cannot do, please, is go to the Employment Standards Branch. It is indeed 604-280-9898. That is the number to uh, call through. You want to ask Lior a question. Anytime, we're just getting a call lined up here. If you have questions about uh, being terminated, layoff, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, uh, experience changes to your job, human rights issues, or just have questions about severance, call the show now. This is where you want to be. 604-280-9898 is the, uh, the way to do that. We'll get to a couple more of our points here, and then we'll move over to that phone call. Things you should never do without calling Lior first. In a temporary layoff situation, which now is massive, the biggest thing in the last 44 weeks, I would say, is sit home and wait to be called back to work. Yeah, and you know, so many people, I, I think probably most of our listeners right now, at some point over the last, you know, nine, ten months, have had a temporary layoff or had to deal with it or certainly know someone that has. 
So when it comes to temporary layoffs, just kind of sitting at home and, and waiting to be called back is a problem. And let me tell you why. Because by doing that, you then may be giving the company the right to do it again. So we start by saying that an employer does not have a right, automatic right, to lay you off temporarily, meaning you can choose to treat that as a termination. But if you accept it, so by accepting, I mean you, you wait to be called back, then the company says, okay, come back, and you go back. By doing that, now you've given them the right to do it again and again in the future. So they didn't have a right to do it to begin with, but by doing it, by, by allowing it to happen, by accepting it, you've given them the right to do it again. And now you may find yourself in a situation where you work for a few months, you get laid off for a few months, and back and forth and back and forth. And obviously, that's not a good way to work. So I'm not telling you, no, you have to immediately say, I've been terminated and get severance. But at least that's a conversation that you should have. You should consider that. You don't want to be putting yourself in a situation where now, because you, you waited and you accepted the layoff, you can be laid off again repeatedly. So if you've been laid off, if you've been temporarily laid off, you don't know what to do, let's have a chat. Before you just decide, I'm going to wait, let's talk about severance. Let's talk about whether that's an option for you, how much you'd be owed, the process for getting that. At least let's have that chat. Uh, if you don't, you may find out later that you've made a mistake and now you've compromised your legal rights. Again, things you should never do without calling Lior first. We'll get to more of that list and some emails in just a bit. But here now, 604-280-9898 is the number to call in. Really simply, you got lots of time. It's only, what, uh, 20 minutes after 4, so we got a lot of show ahead of us. Uh, Dave, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, sir. What's uh, What's on your mind? Good. Uh, I just had a question from the employer's perspective. Uh, I just have a small business, just uh, four to six employees at any time. And we just, just this past year ran into uh, a couple issues with some disciplinary stuff and had to uh, actually fire somebody and that kind of thing. And what I'm looking to do is set up, uh, you know, some sort of policy and procedures manual or employee handbook plus to go with proper employee contracts. And uh, I'm just wondering kind of what i know you can't answer everything in detail but just what roughly what topics should be covered and that kind of thing to protect myself from the uh should we have an issue like that in the future that's excellent question dave and and i applaud you for for having that foresight to want to do that because so many employers especially small business owners don't do that they kind of fly by the seat of their pants and then they get in trouble and they realize you know when it's too late that they should have done something about it so being proactive is the smartest thing and it eliminates liability in the future so an employment agreement is one of the most important documents for the employer you know for the employee and <laughs> not so good for the employer absolutely so let me give you a few examples of some things you want to have in there from the employer's perspective number one especially these days a term that allows you to lay someone off temporarily. You don't actually have that right unless they've agreed to it, and you can have them agree to it in an employment agreement. Not a problem. A termination provision, something that limits future severance obligations. That could be the difference between paying someone two weeks severance and paying them six months severance. Okay, that's huge. Uh, A term that allows you to make some changes to the hours, to make some uh, changes to the job responsibilities. Uh, you may want to even consider, depending on the job and, 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 and uh, the person, a non-competition obligation or a non-solicitation obligation. If they leave you, they can't go after your customers. So the, those are a few things you can have. And certainly having disciplinary policies, very important. 
if you have disciplinary policies and you follow them, then you'll be able to terminate an employee for cause if you need to. Whereas if you don't have policies, it's going to be very, very difficult to do that. So what I'm suggesting, Dave, I give you some thoughts is let's you and I connect off air and I can help you put these things together, have a proper employment agreement. And once we have it, you can use it again and again for everyone else. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Uh, have you know proper policies uh, and employee manual. So why don't you reach out to me off air and we'll take care of that immediately. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the call and your time this afternoon. Here is how you reach out, 604-283-3123, 604-283-3123. It is, uh, it's just that simple. You can use that number anytime, uh, anytime you like there. Dave, and to get a hold of Lior any other time, that is just as simple, by the way. It's uh, uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address I was, I was reaching for and I found it. So you've still got a ton of time to call in. We'll get back to our uh, topic at hand. That is things you should never do without calling Lior first. Oh, yeah. Well, you just got, you did it from the employer side, uh, employer side indeed, but sign a new employment agreement, <laughs> especially if you're already employed. How about that mid-employment and a new one comes across your desk? So what did I just tell Dave? I told Dave that from the employer's <laughs> standpoint, an employment agreement, the most important document the employer sh- should have. There's not even a, a question about that. But if we you know, pause that thought and, and look at it for a second from the employee's standpoint, frankly, the opposite is true. From the employee standpoint, less is more. So not having an employment agreement is better. Having a job on a handshake or you know, going somewhere and writing it on the back of a napkin. I know it sounds ridiculous. That is better for the employee than having a eight page or 10 page uh, employment agreement. The employment agreement is good for the employer. Now, but that's especially true if you're already working. So you have a job. Uh, everything's fine. You go to work uh, one day and the company now says, hey, employee, I want you to sign a new employment agreement. And they may have a reason. Oh, well, we're going to give you another job or uh, we just decided that it's a good idea. What have you? That is almost always bad news for the employee. I can assure you that in that employment agreement are going to be terms that are going to be very costly for you. Just like I was telling Dave, there may be a term there, for example, that limits your severance. So you, know, you think it's fine, you sign the agreement, and a year later you're let go. And, and then you find out, holy cow, that document that I signed a year before limits my severance. And now I'm only going to get three weeks severance instead of eight months severance. So you just lost eight months pay right there like that. So very, very important to keep that in mind. If your employer asks you to sign a new employment agreement, call me, okay? Always, without any exception. And then send me a copy of the, that agreement. Let's look at it together. Let's go over it. Let's understand what it does, what it says. And if it's fine, great, sign it, no problem. If it's not fine, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why it's not fine. And you shouldn't sign it. You cannot be punished for not signing it. You cannot be disciplined. You can't be fired for cause. So, And in many cases, it's much, much better not to sign it. So yes, if you're just working and your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, you do not do that without speaking to me first. Even if you do sign it, it's all good. Don't they have to? Uh, they have to give you something for signing it, don't they? A little bit of consideration. So yes, if we're gonna look at it, you know, at the next level of the analysis, mm-hmm. for a new employment agreement to be enforceable, once you're already working, the company has to give you something in exchange for signing a signing bonus, a pay raise, a promotion, something that you wouldn't otherwise have, yeah, extra vacation, what have you. 
But that said, even in those situations where you, th- I don't want anyone to say, well, it's not going to be enforceable because they're not giving me something, so I'm just going to sign because who cares? Good piece of advice is this. If you're not comfortable with something, you shouldn't sign it. It's never a good idea to sign it thinking that I'll be able to get out of it later. Not a good idea, but at least as John said, you do know if you did end up signing something, think about did they give me anything in return for signing it? If the answer is no, it's probably not enforceable. The number to call through, by the way, as we get to a short break here, 604-280-9898. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you haven't used this before, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Great website, free, anonymous. There is a contact button as well at the top right if you want to know about constructive dismissal, if you're really a, a temporary layoff, all that stuff. There's even a section on disability law within that website as well, and, of course, the severance pay calculator. That is cool just to just to go through that exercise in the severance pay calculator and see how much you would be owed properly if it ever came into uh, to play in the event that you did uh, somehow lose your job. Severance pay calculator is in there as well, Pocket Employment Lawyer. In that regard, we'll uh, take a short break. Another uh, few calls lined up here, 604-280-9898, Employment Law Show. This is CKNW. And welcome back. It is 4.33 on your Sunday afternoon. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. Don't be bashful. Might be the best uh, couple minutes of your life and most important question you've asked for some time. Seriously, 604 280 9898 is the way. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Things you should never do without calling Lior first. Here's another on the list, and that is make assumptions as to their status as independent contractor. Again, we can refer to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, but a little more in depth right here, right? Yeah. Most individuals that are believing and they think that they're working as independent contractors actually are, in the eyes of the law, employees. Very, very, very common. Joe, so you're listening to me right now and say, wait a second, I, I think I'm an independent contractor. Maybe I have my, my own company. But the, the, the employer that I work for doesn't withhold taxes. I even signed a piece of paper that says I'm an independent contractor. So who are you to say otherwise, Lior? Well, it's not about what I say. It's what about the law says. It's about what the law says. And really, the law makes that determination. If you have a regular job, If you uh, go to work, do work for a company, come home and go back the next day to do the same thing, you are an employee of that company. It doesn't matter how you pay your taxes or what you call yourself or what you think that you are. The law makes that determination. And what you were saying, John, is never, no one should ever make that assumption or or try to uh, determine uh, that they're really uh, uh, independent contractors. The reason why is if you think you're an independent contractor, but you're not, then you may be giving up certain rights. For example, severance, coming back to severance. Mm-hmm. If you are truly an employee uh, but and you're let go, even though you think you're an independent contractor, well, guess what? You're owed severance like an employee would. So you may have worked for a company for a few years. They let you go. You think, well, I'm an independent contractor. I guess that's the way it goes. I don't get anything. Wrong. If you are an employee in the eyes of the law, of course you get something. You get your full severance. And that could be months and months pay. So before you assume, before you decide in your own mind what you are, let's have a chat about that. If you're not sure what it, what you are, an employee or contractor. And by the way, if you're not sure, I can almost guarantee you that you're an independent contractor. And as John said, there's even an easier way to find out. If you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, we have a tool there that allows you to find out in seconds, literally in seconds. 
If you're an employee or an independent contractor, it's free, it's anonymous, it takes seconds, and you don't have to put in anyone's name. So use that, take advantage of it. Uh, you probably are an employee. You've probably been misclassified, very, very common. So if you're not sure, let's have a chat. Yeah, because you, you've often said it was just that simple. I mean, every employee and the employer in the country would just have a bunch of independent contracts. You're not paying you know, benefits or, or overtime, all this stuff. You just have everybody buying a contract. It's not that simple. Well, of course not. I don't know, pick an employer. I don't know, Royal Bank of Canada has thousands <laughs> of employees right across the country. Well, what a silly thing. Just call them all independent contractors. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? Then as Royal Bank won't have to worry about minimum wage, vacation pay, overtime. They won't have to worry about severance, nothing. Uh, do you think Royal Bank is calling them employees because it, it wants to? No, it's because that's what the law says. These are employees. So, no, it's not enough to call someone an independent contractor. That doesn't change what they are. If it was that simple, there would be no more employment law uh, employment laws or employees in this country. 604-280-9898 is the number. Use it. Mark, thanks for standing by. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Go ahead, brother. So I'm thinking of starting a seasonal business that would operate for about 120 days through the summer, uh, just for four months there. And I'm just wondering if I hire employees on a, well, I hate to say it after the conversation you just had, on a contractual basis, uh, would I be required to pay them severance at the end of that 120 days, knowing that when they got hired, it was only going to be for a fixed term? So that's a great question. So in this situation, you absolutely have to have them sign an agreement, a contract that, that has a specific end date. So whether it's 120 days or however long, so yes, as long as you do that, you're fine. It has to have a clear end date, but a couple other things to keep in mind. Number one is what happens if for some reason you have to let them go before the 120 days? Maybe you have to let them go after 40 days for whatever reason. Well, you want to put in there an early exit clause because if you didn't, let's say you let someone go after 40 days, you'd have to still pay them until the end of the 120 days. So you have to give yourself an early exit clause, and, and you know that has to be drafted properly. The other thing you need to keep in mind is if someone is on a 120-day contract, but after 120 days they still continue working for you, maybe you keep them around for a couple more days because you need something else done. Well, now, after they finish the 120 days, they become regular indefinite employees, and when you let them go, you would have to pay them severance. So it's important with a fixed-term contract not to go beyond it unless, of course, you enter into a new contract. But, Mark, a, a contract like that has to be drafted properly. It's not something you come up yourself, come up with yourself or you know, find on Google. So let's you and I have a chat. Let's put together a, a proper, very simple, very short employment contract for these people you're going to hire so that you're protected. Well, I appreciate your time there, and obviously I can hear the website advertising to give you a call out. I think that would be the more appropriate source to have this because I certainly am generating more questions as we go along. So I appreciate your time and uh, I'll, I'll be listening. Thanks, Mark. Mark, really appreciate your uh, your phone call. And see, I told you, taking that couple minutes to make the call makes all the difference. And I'll give you the number just uh, just in case, Mark. Or for you as well, 604-283-3123, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Yeah, that contract, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, fixed term. So if he goes a couple weeks over, still has a guy or a, or, a, or a girl hanging around doing the job. And, okay, now they're over and then you let them go. You mentioned you had to pay them severance. Would that be just on the two weeks after the contract or way back to day one? It would be way back to day one. So, you know, wow. let's give an example. 
So let's say, you know, Mark hires someone for, I don't know, four months. Uh, and, you know, the, the end date is supposed to be end of January. But, you know what, there's a couple things to wrap up, so the person stays on for a couple more days. Now we're in early February. So now Mark says to the, the person, okay, uh, we got to let you go uh, because it's over. That's fine. But because that contract has expired, now the person is working without a contract, he'd have to pay them full severance for all the months that they've worked. And even, even if they've only worked for four months, depending on the job and the person's age, that could be two, three, four months of severance. So for employers, remember the tips that I gave Mark. You have to have a contract and follow it. For employees, if you did sign a fixed-term contract and you continued working beyond that contract, that's a good thing for you. Now you're a regular indefinite employee, and if you are let go, you get full severance based on the full time you worked with the company. You know, we, we've had phone calls on occasions on this show and our other shows across the country where people have called and said, yeah, Lior, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm a contract worker and I've signed like nine, ten of these contracts. Basically the same verbiage each time. It's almost just a knee-jerk reaction. You end of my contract, you know, I sign another one and away we go. I'm still a contract worker. How does that work out? That happens often. You see people sign, you know, once a year, you know, at the end of the year, sign a right. new contract or every six months, three months. And, and I, I've seen people that have signed over 15 contracts during the course of their employment. So here's, here's the, the reason why that doesn't really make any sense. The whole point of a contract is to tell you that to give you notice that your employment comes to an end, to give you the time to maybe find another job because you know this contract ends in this date. Well, if you keep signing new contracts, it becomes meaningless. You're not expecting to be let go, right? Because you think, I'm just going to sign another contract. So, generally speaking, once you go beyond three contracts, those contracts are meaningless. Meaning, you're now, in the eyes of the law, an indefinite employee, even if you keep signing contracts. So, if you are let go at some point, you get your full severance based on all the years you worked with the company. So three is kind of that magic number. Once up to three, you're okay. Beyond three, you're now a regular indefinite employee. So if let's, you know, private school, let's say. You say you sign a, a new agreement as a teacher in a private school. Every year, new agreement. Well, once you go beyond three, that agreement is meaningless. So if your employer at one time decides, well, now we're not going to sign a new contract. Now we're just going to say goodbye to you. That's okay but they're going to have to pay you your full severance, which, as I said, could be as much as two years' pay. Still here, still loving it, uh, 444. So you got uh, you got some time to call in, 604-280-9898. That's the number to get on air. You want to email Lior, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And back to our list of things you should never do without calling Lior first. This one's uh, they call it a no-brainer, and that is sign a severance letter. No kidding. This is definitely, definitely something you cannot do without speaking to me, as I said before, or, or, or speaking to another employment lawyer. If you really don't, don't, don't feel like speaking to me, fine, no problem. Do what you have to, but you cannot sign a severance letter without getting advice, without calling, without having that discussion. And the reason is simple. In the vast majority of cases, well over 90% of cases, that severance letter is inadequate, completely inadequate. Chances are you're owed months' pay, several months more than what you've been offered. And if you don't know that and you accept it, guess what? You've signed it and you've given up. Today, I actually got an email uh, from someone right here in Vancouver 
telling me that back in 2019, they accepted a five-month severance offer after 15 years of employment. And they wanted to know if they could do something about it. Well, that person would have probably been owed as much as 18 months pay, and they accepted five months. They only uh, called because someone told them, now, well, I heard you were on the radio, you should call him. Unfortunately, I can't help him because he signed off on it as much as I would want to, uh, as much as it pains me to say you could have been owed another year's pay, but now it's too bad, I can't help you. Please don't let that happen to you. Chances are, if you're staring at a severance letter, whether it's because of a COVID termination or for other reasons completely, maybe the company's moving to the U.S. or maybe they're cutting costs or maybe there's performance issues, whatever the reason, you're staring at that termination letter, severance letter, the, the amount there that the company says, we'll pay you X this amount of weeks or this amount of months, that's likely a lot less than what you're owed. Not a bit. I'm not talking about a situation where it's 10 weeks, but they're offering you eight weeks. No, I'm talking about a situation where they're offering you eight weeks and it should be eight months. That's common, happens all the time. So please don't make that mistake. And if you are in that situation, and you know what? I, I, I don't know if I should call or, or, you know, it's Friday afternoon. Maybe no one's going to answer my call on a Friday afternoon. Do this. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, it's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And you can calculate your severance there on your own in seconds. Takes like 10 seconds if you're being slow. Uh, and you can find out exactly what you're owed, the right amount of severance, easy, free, anonymous. Now you know. Please don't let others make that mistake as well. I hate having to tell people, can't help you. hate having to tell them, yes, you're, you are owed more, but you signed, so too bad. Please don't do that. If you are let go, do not sign that severance letter without speaking to me. I think a lot of people want to want to call, and they, they, they know they should. They're doing the right thing, but they, they get this idea that, oh, I'm going to run out of time. You know, I want to be wrapped up in court for 17 months. I mean, they, they just have all these ideas put in their head. None of them are true, especially the part about the deadline. I mean, they got a ton of time. Call. You are so right. The main reason I found in all my years of doing this why people don't get advice if they lost their job is they think, what's the point? Even if I am owed more, well, what, am I going to get involved in legal proceedings for the next two years and spend all this money? May as well just sign it and be done. But that's not the case. That's not true. That's simply not how it works in employment law. When it comes to these issues, wrongful dismissal, severance, constructive dismissal, these issues resolve quickly, often within a few weeks. And in most cases, we can work with you on a contingency basis, so you don't have to worry about legal fees. Please, don't be afraid of the process. You know, from my perspective, court is a dirty word in the sense that you go to court if if you failed, essentially. If everything that I do for my clients didn't work, that's when we have to go to court. That almost never happens. In 99% of cases, we'll resolve it quickly. Please don't be afraid of it. It's not something that's intimidating or you're going to be living with for a while. Do the right thing. If you lost your job, get advice. You bet. You still got some time to call here to the uh, the radio station. And ask your questions uh, on air. Really simple. Uh, really simple. Really quick as well. That is six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Just get another call lined up here. We'll uh, we'll bounce over to it shortly. Another thing you should never do without calling Lior first. Accept changes to the terms of employment. This could bite you right in the rear end years down the line. Right. Yeah, accepting changes. So this is, you know, we've done many shows just on this topic. If your employer is changing terms of employment, your hours, your compensation, 
uh, your job responsibilities. Well, if you just accept them, first of all, keep in mind, you don't have to accept them. An employer does not have a right to make these changes. You can refuse them, you can't be punished, and it could even be a constructive dismissal. But if you accept them, it's it's worse than just accepting it. By accepting a change, maybe it's a, a change to your to your salary. Well, now you've given the company the right to do it again. So you think, oh, you know what? This one time, I'm not happy, but uh, you know, it's COVID-19 right now, so I'm going to give the company a break. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I appreciate that. But the problem is by giving the company, quote, unquote, a break, you've given them the right to do it again and again. Mm-hmm. So if they change your pay by, by a bit now and you accept that, they can do it again because you let them do it that first time. So please, if you are facing a change in the terms of employment, before you decide what to do, first of all, don't just walk out. Don't uh, accept. Don't do anything without having a chat first. Let's understand what your rights are, what your options are, how you can respond. Very important to do that before you make a decision. Let's grab another call. We got uh, we got some time here. Jimmy, thanks for standing by. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind today? Okay, uh, tough situation. Um, change of my um, employment have changed a little bit because of some stuff happened. I can't really get into on the phone. But 30 years on the job in, in the government, I'm in management. If I decide to pursue legal recourse against these people or I have to leave, what kind of entitlement of uh, severance would I be after 30 years on the job? So, Jamie, I can tell you, even without knowing more about your situation or your specific job and, and age, after 30 years, it's two years pay. 24 months of compensation is what you would be owed. Uh, and, and, you know... But it's important that you, we do this correctly. If you're if you're thinking about leaving because something happened, they did something to you, or maybe they they changed your job, don't do that without having a chat with me first. We need to decide how to do that properly, how we document this, how we uh, do this in a way to maximize the amount of compensation that you can get. There's a lot at stake for you after 30 years, so we need to do this right, Jimmy. I agree with you. It's a very complicated case, but I know you can handle it. I, I, I'm just thinking about whether I want to do this or not, but if I do, I'm definitely going to come and talk to you. It might be a very big case. You, you never know. I, I can't really get into it on the phone, though, right? Well, Jimmy, happy to chat with you if and when you want. Uh, you know how to reach me. Jimmy, smart idea to uh, call in now and do a follow-up call as well. Believe me, just have a chat. 604-283-3123. 604-283-3123 is the way. Jimmy, you can also use help at employment lawyer. A couple more of these things you should never do without calling Lior first. Quit because you are upset about a workplace issue. I've had it. I'm out of here. Don't do that. That's it. Yeah, don't do not do that. Now, in, in some situations, that is actually the right thing to do. But number one, it's not in every situation. And number two is even if we do that, we have to do this correctly. So if, if you're, something happened, your boss did something, the company did something, you're very upset, this is not the place I want to work uh, anymore. Okay, no problem. But before you walk out of there, let's talk. Let's talk about how we get you out of there so that you can get severance. You may be able to get severance even though you're the one leaving if we can show what the company did. So please, don't just quit even if you're upset without speaking to me. We may still be able to have you quit, in fact, very quickly. But let's do this right. So no quitting without speaking to me first. So worth that phone call, 604-283-3123, just that simple. And I uh, got Ken on the line. Hey, Ken, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? 
Hey, I got a question. My uh, my 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 company, landscaping company, they they want to close for you know like a, a week or two and um, pay pay us off, sort of pay us for not working. But they they want to tell us that we got to take that as vacation time. Is that is that accurate? So an employer is allowed to schedule vacation. So what I mean by that is usually in the company may say, okay, you decide when you're taking vacation. But they could, if they choose, to say, well, we've decided for you that you're taking your vacation uh, February 1st to the, to the 8th of February. Now, you're not going to like that, of course, but legally they can do that uh, as, long as, uh, you know, as long as they pay you during that time. So, yes, they, they can do that, Ken. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. No problem. You bet, Ken. Appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, the rest of your weekend. And uh, moving forward from there, I think we've got another uh, minute or two to talk about a couple more uh, talking points, things you should never do without calling Lior first. Accept medical accommodation that doesn't follow your doctor's directions. Right. So I started off the show talking about the case where the, the employer wouldn't accommodate the employee that had to work from home according to their doctor. So your doctor, as I said, is the judge and the jury when it comes to the accommodation that you need. So if your doctor says, okay, the accommodation is uh, the person shouldn't be lifting more than 30 pounds and should not be standing for more than uh, an hour at a time. Well, then that's the accommodation. The company can't say, well, we're going to give you something else that doesn't meet those accommodations. So, uh, and you may think, well, it's the company. They get to decide. No, actually your doctor gets to decide. The company's obligation is, if it's possible, they have to find a way to accommodate you. If you don't follow your doctor's advice, you may end up hurting yourself more. You may end up in a worse medical situation than you are, and it's it's illegal. An employer has to accommodate. So always get that doctor's note if you need accommodation, if you need help, if you need support. Whether you Maybe sometimes you need time off. You need to be off work for a while because uh, of an injury or a medical condition, as long as you have that doctor's note, fine. And then when you come back, if you need accommodation, modify duties, get that. If the company does not accommodate you, they say that it's not available or they want to give you something that doesn't meet your requirements, before you assume that that's, that's right, please let's chat about this. Oftentimes, a little kick in the pants from me to the company is all that's needed to get them to do what they're supposed to easy to resolve so make that call another great afternoon to uh get it happening uh, on a sunday appreciate all your calls and your correspondence as well now that we're about to uh, to wrap it up you want to reach out simple 604-283-3123 is the number help at employmentlawyer.ca that's the email you can use and you can always consult pocketemploymentlawyer.ca fantastic website absolutely free it's anonymous and there is a contact button if you uh, wish to use it at the top right as well We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, this is CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.